welcome to The Happy Writer. This is a podcast that aims to bring readers more books to enjoy and to help authors find more joy in their writing. I am your host, Marissa Meyer. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got a few housekeeping notes to go over. Uh, First of all, forgive a moment of self-promotion, but FYI, my new novel, Cursed, comes out tomorrow. Uh, not actually tomorrow as of the, the recording, but as of this episode going live, it is the day before Cursed coming out on Tuesday, November 8th. Uh, this is the sequel and conclusion to Gilded, my dark Rumpelstiltskin retelling. Uh, and I am super, super excited and I hope that you will pick up a copy and I hope that you will enjoy it. Also happening in November is, of course, National Novel Writing Month. Uh, I myself am not going to do the typical 50,000 word challenge. However, I am trying to finish up the current draft of my next novel. Um, Hopefully that will be done by the end of this month. I've got, I don't know, maybe like 40,000 words to go. So Uh, I am going to be hosting some spontaneous writing sprints on our Happy Writer podcast IG Live. Uh, So if you're not already following us, please do. And if you see that little live icon go on, I hope that you will join me and we will write together and inspire each other and I'll be super, super motivated. Uh, And of course, if you are doing the NaNoWriMo challenge this year, I send you all good vibes. You can do this. I believe in you. Um, okay, of course, all of the above has been making me happy, but the the thing that I had to include as my my happy thing this week, it is my absolute favorite new thing, uh, is that my sister-in-law, who is a fantastic hairdresser, yesterday she came over and put gold tinsel in my hair, exactly like the tinsel you put in a Christmas tree. Um, And I don't know how it works, but she like clipped it in there and it's so fun and festive. And I feel very gilded for my gilded cursed book tour. Uh, So I I love it. And it makes me smile when I look in the mirror. Um, So thank you, Chelsea. uh, If you happen to live in or around the Tacoma area, um, I'll just plug her business. You should go see Chelsea at Salon-ish in downtown Puyallup. She is amazing. And and then she can give you gold tinsel too. We can start a trend. Okay. All of that uh, being said, I am also, of course, so happy to be talking to today's guest. She is a copywriter for awesome internet brands and cool businesses. And her debut middle grade fantasy, Merikit and the Ocean of Stars, just came out last month. Please welcome Karis Avendano Cruz. Yay! Hi, I'm happy to be here. Hi, Marissa. I am happy to have you. And I should have asked, is how do we pronounce our main character? Is it Merikit, Merikit? Oh, it, it is Merikit. Oh, you say it in a really beautiful way. Merikit. <laughs> There's like a role there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me and congratulations on your book coming out. How are you feeling? How's it been going? Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I, I feel like still living a dream. I'm, I, I still cannot 
um, let it all sink in. I'm just so grateful and so thankful for um, everything that's happening to me and so happy and um, also grateful to all the people who bought the book. <laughs> Thank you so much for reading Marikin. <laughs> Well, I have been reading it with my girls. I've got eight-year-old twins um, and we've been reading it together and we are all loving it. I haven't finished it yet. So this is, I mean, we always try to be spoiler-free here on the podcast, but it's going to have to be spoiler-free because I don't know how it ends. Um, but we're we are really, really loving the story and the fantasy quest adventure of it all has been so fun. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I am so excited for you to get to the end. Um, there's so many amazing characters that you get to meet there. I hope I the girls are loving too. it. There's already been some wonderful characters. <laughs> um, so before we get to talking about uh, the novel, the first question I want to start with, I'd love to hear your author origin story. When and how did you know you wanted to be a writer? And how did you get here to having your debut novel published? Oh, okay. Um, I think I've always been writing. It's been this very comfortable, um, accessible form of communication to me. I was one of those introverts who would like to stay in some part of the classroom and not be bothered by anyone or anything. And I think writing is the best way for me to kind of like... Um, navigate through my emotions and convey those emotions properly. Um, I think that kind of like happened as I grow up. Um, writing is still the the kind of vocation, the kind of job that I really wanted to land into. I, I have fun serving so many clients, being a freelance copywriter and creative writer for them. And it, it's just really, really, really fun to kind of... Um, do projects with so many other people and let their stories come at the center. Um, I've written for um, cycling tours in France and um, luxury um, furniture, um, Southeast Asian tours, um, travels, bars and drinks. It, it's, it's really, really fun. You kind of like get to see those worlds, even if you're just, you know, behind this, this desk and writing. Um, I knew um I knew that I wanted to have my name on something because when you're like freelance writing you don't really always get your bylines out there so um my wish for them back then was just you know a small book just to get you know to kind of like be proud and show off to people and say oh I'm a writer <laughs> I just I just felt like I'm I'm not really um doing what um I don't even know how to express that. I'm not really in my doing my best. I'm not, I, I need to have a book. That's it. Mm. I need to have a book in my name. And, and so I, it was my wish to have, to have that. And I wasn't really, really dreaming of something big. I was just like wanting to have a book that will be picked up by a lovely small publisher and just, you know, have something um, be out there. But um, my agent, Melanie had, really big dreams and and it still amazes me how um Marikit got here at this point that um we have this um kind of big publisher uh supporting us for the story it it, it it's a wonderful feeling and <laughs> I'm so like I still feel like I'm dreaming <laughs> 
Well, it's a good, it's good to feel like you're dreaming and to feel like dreams are coming true. <laughs> I know. I, I, I still think that I'm like dreaming right now because I'm talking to the Marissa Mayer. <laughs> I'm just trying to like cope and like make me make me believe that oh this is just some other multiverse I'm just living in some someone else's universe and I have to like be here for like 10 or 15 minutes and maybe <laughs> I will get zapped out back in my universe <laughs> and live oh, like that's funny. life again <laughs> I'm gonna start putting that on my name tags not Marissa oh, right. not Marissa <laughs> <laughs> so so was Mary Kate was it your first time trying to write a novel like was this your first finished manuscript oh oh no it it wasn't (laughs) the first manuscript that I finished was a YA contemporary and um it it was funny because contemporary wasn't really my voice like many agents come back to me and tell me that oh your your story sounds like poetry Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like that's not what I was trying to achieve (laughs) and um, also it was those were rejected those were rejections and um um when I kind of like transferred to middle grade transferred to writing to middle grade um things started to click because I've always been with kids even way before when I was like younger um I was like in this ministry with children and it was always fun being surrounded by them and just telling them random stories out of your head so I kind of like felt that this was my place (laughs) in in the story world this was a very very comfortable place for me and it was easy for me to kind of like tell these stories in in that voice that I commonly use and have people enjoy it and not you know cringe at it (laughs) right oh interesting (laughs) <laughs> I never really thought because it is very beautiful poetic writing. Oh. I mean, your style is is gorgeous. It's the sort of style that I love to read out loud, like reading to my kids. It's such lush language. Oh wow! Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank I've you never so thought of that as being a potential negative. Like I think it's really weird that 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 didn't like fit with the the young adult genre, at least for the people that you were submitting those to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you stuck I'm glad you found your place in middle grade because I think it's gorgeous. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. So so that does make me curious because I feel like um so I've only had one book. For me, my book Heartless was like the only time I've really tried to like capture more of a, a poetic style, like focus on the the sound of the word and the cadence of the sentences. Is that something that just you feel comes really natural to you? Or is it something that you uh like had to kind of hone and kind of design intentionally? <laughs> okay. Um I think um um I got it from reading the books that I like. Like um I would read um, Catherine M. Valente's book and kind of mm. like the the way that she kind of um, tell the stories, those words kind of like trigger me to actually, um, how do you say it? Reflect, um, do those words and write in those words, write in that same cadence. It feels like rambling and also um, saying poetry and also sort of like singing to to the other characters, singing to, to them and and I love that. It it felt like a, a dance, a song. And to me, it, I, I loved also music. I was surrounded with people who loved music. Music didn't love me as much. So that was like <laughs> a sad story. 
<laughs> but it, it just feels there's this musical thing in, in, in these stories that makes my heart like sing. <laughs> so I, I really love this. I love that even the way you talk about it has a poetry oh. to it. <laughs> it's like, what a beautiful way to think about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, it's just purely rambling, I know. <laughs> On my part, it is just purely rambling. <laughs> well, if I, I could <laughs> ramble so beautifully, uh, we would all be so lucky. <laughs> oh, All right, I mean, with that... <laughs> Would you please tell listeners a little bit about your debut novel, Merikit and the Ocean of Stars? Okay. Um, Merikit is a story about a young girl who wanted a, bir- a new birthday dress. And um, her mother was this amazing seamstress from the bar. And she expected that, oh, my mom is going to make me a new dress because so far she's only been giving me remade clothes Um but that didn't happen on her birthday because her mom has given her something that was like filled with patches and she wasn't really very happy about it until she re- her mom kind of like tells her that no honey this is not just an ordinary dress this is a dress that will um guide you to a magical land where you will be safe um where you will be um honed into a diwata and diwatas are fairies in filipino um and then this girl is set off to that journey sets off to that journey um with this dress as her map leading her towards the the road that will let her become a diwata just like her mother was so i know the that the the world and the story you've drawn a lot from filipino folklore um, which I love because it is a, a folklore tradition that I know so little about. So it was like very immersive and like discovering, uh, you know, just new legends and new stories. And that always makes me really, really happy. I just like nerd out over all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, is there like a specific fairy tale that this is based off of? Or was it more that you were just like pulling things from lots of different stories and and kind of weaving them? together or patching them together (laughs) (laughs) it was it was definitely like patching them together originally the story was supposed to be um a treasure hunt because there's a map and maps always lead to treasures but um... I love a good treasure hunt story (laughs) (laughs) give me a map any day (laughs) I kind of like regret that I just went this way but (laughs) um um yeah the story kind of like I was writing it spontaneously. There was no outline for it. And it felt like um, all of those um, inspirations from Filipino folklore, they just really wanted to get in. Like they were knocking on my brain's door and they were like, get us in, get us in, the, get us on the page. <laughs> they were like telling me to do that. And and I know when I was doing Mariket that it could be, it might be the only book that I get to get put out there. Or maybe not, because <laughs> if it gets rejected, I, I don't know. But I I have I felt very strongly about the story. And I knew that if I had a book to put out there, I wanted it to be like stuffed with so much of our culture, so much of our colors, so that it's going to like um tell these stories to the kids who never knew about these stories and make them remember, make them like remind them of what was here in this country and let them kind of like fully know who they are with these stories. 
So what was your, your process for like developing this world? Because it's so immersive, you know, we see so much on this, this journey that Marikeet is going on and meet so many different monsters and creatures (laughs) and so many different landscapes, like how did you do a lot of research into different folklore or like how much of it sprang up from your own imagination? Just how did you go about developing all of that? Um, okay. Most of these folklores actually were told to us by our grandmothers. These are our cousins, our friends from school. They're going to tell us, oh, there's a capre living behind that tree or a tigbalo <laughs> lives there. Um, it's, it's, it's something that we kind of like consume normally with, with so many shows and so many, so many media um, providing us these content. Um, so, so those folklore, they are like constantly around us. The settings, however, um, were mostly derived from the place where I live because um, um, I'm close to where the farms are. So um, I have an uncle who once owned a farm. So I, it, it was something that was easy to, describe um in that chapter of the story mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in, in chapter of the story um my grandfather was um lived in, in in a fisherman's island and it was the inspiration that was the inspiration for that as well um my grandmother is a seamstress she had this she really had this vintage um sewing machine that she kind of like passed over to my mom it's it's over in my mom's house right now and she's also doing those clothes repairing clothes for us when we needed them um most of these things were just so so close to me and it was easy for me to kind of like pull those scenes in um, because they're like more like lived settings to me I love that and I am just obsessed with the dress (laughs) The idea that this patchwork dress and the first time that it's described on the page, it seems like so kind of ugly and shabby (laughs) and like this poor, just barely held together patchwork dress. And then it becomes this just incredibly magical garment. Um, And it's a a literal map. And I love this idea so much. Where did this idea come from? Okay. Um, my mom, when I was younger, my mom had me a, a similar dress. It it was not like the, a, a patchwork kind. It was more like the dress was printed with those um, prints, those quilt-like prints. And it, it really, really looked like a very, very shabby rag. And it, it's something that, you know, because it was very, very hot in the Philippines and it was pretty thin. So it's, it's something that I've kind of like... Clung, um, found comfort to wear because it was really hot in here. Um, but um, I I looked at that dress and just realized that those different prints on it could be like places, and that's where the inspiration came from from that old dress that I don't even know where I put it. So <laughs> I wish I could like show it, <laughs> but it was there. It's just like kicking around in storage somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you have to try to find it. How how fun would that be to actually oh, like I know, have it? I know. <laughs> no, I love it. And I hope that you get cosplayers. Like I really want oh, someone yeah. to like, create this dress. Oh, that will be quite an effort to their part on their part. <laughs> but that would be amazing. <laughs> well, that's what cosplayers do. They take on a lot of effort. They, they put in a lot oh, yeah. of effort into making <laughs> amazing, amazing things. <laughs> 
All right. I want to talk about um, writing emotions because, you know, there are a lot of big emotions in the book. um, And I felt like you really have a knack for tapping into specifically the emotions of this 10 year old girl. Um, (laughs) And I, okay, so I'm going to like give a quick story. Um, so like I said, I'm right reading it to my daughters and there is a scene early on. I don't think it's, it's like one of the first chapters. So I don't think it's spoilery to talk about, um, <laughs> in which like Mary Kate, she has this dream of getting this new fancy blue dress for her birthday. And she wants it so bad. And then her mom gives her instead this very kind of, you know, frumpy little rag dress. (laughs) And she's so disappointed that she kind of lashes out and it leads to a fight and, you know, she storms away. And after reading that chapter to my kids, what I thought was so fascinating is that one of my girls felt so bad for Marikeet because she wanted this dress and she could like so connect with like wanting something and being so disappointed that that you didn't get it and my (laughs) other daughter felt so bad for the mom and she was like that would be so hurtful to spend all your time making something and then have someone not appreciate it and I thought it was so cool that both of them were picking up on like such strong emotions from both characters in this scene. I thought it was just like, this is so cool to have this conversation with them. Oh, wow. I just had goosebumps listening to that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to your girls. Oh my gosh. Um. (laughs) So, so I guess I should have a question in there. So for you, like, how do you tap into your character's emotions and how do you then translate that into words, into the page? Um, oh, um, I've seen many kids um, kind of like feel these these feelings of envy and anger whenever they kind of like don't get what they want. How do you kind of like frame this? Okay, um, it, 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 it feels like uh, children have these, when we were kids, you know, um, I remember having um feeling feeling really bad about myself because I don't have these set of rubber shoes that my classmates had. And um I I I couldn't complain. I couldn't complain to my parents or anyone because I'm I, I was like pretty sure they wouldn't really get me because it was like some form of extravagance to, to us. So um to me it was it, it was something that I had to carry on my own by myself and I had to like endure like okay I'm gonna wear these old rubber shoes to my school but I kind of like carry that weird sort of like um jealousy in me Mm. and um I know that when we are kids um we we just get to like things and we just feel bad when our parents don't give it to us not knowing that our parents are working so hard and trying so hard to give all the best that they can do for us it's just like there's always this gap in between that word wasn't said between those feelings it's like oh the kid was just like ah oh, I wanted that I wanted that so bad why why won't you give me that and there's mm-hmm. this parent who was like I'm trying so hard to give you this the best thing that I can do for you and please be happy with, <laughs> with what I can do <laughs> there's always this this 
this gap between them. And it's just so sad that um, those things, those emotions don't kind of like reach each other. They don't kind of like reach each, each other mm-hmm. through, through those emotions. So yeah, <laughs> those were the feelings that I had when I was writing that. I, I just remembered um, my, my my own um, inadequacies as, as a kid and the things that I kind of like long for when I was a kid and the knowledge that my mother, my own mother gave, made, did her best so that she could provide those things for me. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting, you know, for me writing mostly young adults, like I do feel like I spend a lot of time trying to tap into the mind of like 16 year old Marissa. Do you like equally feel like you spend a lot of time tapping into the mind of 10 year old Karis? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it was, it was fun kind of like trying to, remember. I used to, I, uh, I journaled when I was, since I was a kid. So I kind of like remembered those things very very clearly because I had those on print and um it, it, those were a good reminders that we are also changing <laughs> we're not like stuck in, in 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 that age but we also have those feelings and those feelings were in a way valid so um we kind of like understand why they're acting like that and how what are we gonna do to kind of like let them know that oh you are loved uh, it is okay you are loved we are doing our best for you yeah yeah so you actually go and read your your young journals I do you do <laughs> I feel like, I feel like that would be such a painful experience <laughs> <laughs> I do like score when I'm kind of like reading those lines I'm like why are you feeling like that why are you saying that and I just wanted to go back and kind of like you know strangle her or something I'm like, no. <laughs> it is funny how, how age and perspective uh would totally change it but at the same time I can totally see how that would be a really useful tool for a writer like me <laughs> mm-hmm. needing to like remember what did it feel like to be going through this stage and what things did I really really care about at that age mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah um Okay, one thing that I thought was so fun, such a fun little detail throughout the book is that every chapter opens up with a little epigraph or like a little a little <laughs> dictionary-ish definition. Um, and of course, it's always a word that then relates to what's coming up in the chapter. Where did that idea come from? And like, at what point did you go and actually write those little definitions? I write those as soon as I was like finished with the story. Um, when I was like reading Break It, it felt so bare to me. And um, when I was writing the story, I knew that I wanted to like send a message to most, especially the Filipino kids all over the world, because some of them don't get to look um, to know the language. They don't get to learn it. And when they come back here, they feel like, you know, they feel like strangers because they don't they have no idea of what you know the Filipinos are talking and I just really wanted to give them this um tiny head start to just know a few words um um few Tagalog words and then maybe you know they could start from there (laughs) and it's also really cool to have other kids know um some of our words (laughs) it's really really nice that you know they they kind of like um say nanay now (laughs) and 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 mention 
um, take balance and and as long, um, I think it's really fun to like give the ki- the children a peek of our world and let them into it. The door is open. <laughs> Please come in. I I thought such a thoughtful answer, like such a a thoughtful way of actually like thinking about the book in larger terms. Like it goes beyond just telling this story. It's also a way of communicating your language and your culture. Thank you. (laughs) Now, I think that's really cool. My best friend since we were like 10 or 11, um, her Mm -hmm. mom's Filipino, uh, but didn't teach her the language. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. we both like learned a couple of swear words and that's like, Yeah, not not on the podcast. <laughs> After the recording. <laughs> um, but even I like I'm excited that now I know the word diwata for fairy, you know. <laughs> and that my girls do too. Yeah. <laughs> um what about characters and character building? Um Marikeet herself is so fun and such a charming kid and such a charming protagonist. But in addition to Mary there are so many cool characters that we meet. How do you go about building um, your protagonist? And then how is that different for you from like building the side characters? Oh, (laughs) that's the question. Oh, um, this is really funny because none of those characters were really outlined. So I, I, wasn't definitely very technical about them. <laughs> I definitely wrote them in in a very emotional way. I was just like following them as they traipsed around <laughs> the Encanto lands. Um, uh, one of the the characters, which is a firefly, was um, inspired from because we have in the front of our house there is this um bamboo grove and that's where he was inspired from that place was inspired from um one of another character Juan Tamar is also a part of the Filipino folklore and and that's what our old people will tell us that if you're like too lazy (laughs) um you're like Juan Tamar so it's like he's someone that we didn't really want to be but in a way he was a very interesting character to add and um I just knew that you wanted to kind of like redeem him and and add this like sort of like a twist his his backstory so that he could become a hero more than just someone lying on the ground and just waiting for something to fall. Um and then the other girl Saturnino was was, was also such a discovery. It, it, mostly all of them were just children who were like I get to meet there were there weren't really um they weren't really planned I didn't really plan it because the truth was Marikit wasn't really outlined <laughs> it wasn't really plotted it wasn't really a structured plot but more of like uh, a pantsered project it, it, that's why it still feels like um it still feels like a a, a dream that I'm, I'm really here because <laughs> I didn't know that such a ready was kind of like what you actually left it what's going <laughs> it, it does it feels like that um the process most of the pro- most of my process was just me following what's next with the characters and and none of them were like planned it, it's just you know what the moment kind of like asked them and I, I am glad that they turned out to be someone 
um, <laughs> that people would like. Yeah. I think it's such a relief. <laughs> so, okay, so you're you're obviously you had didn't really outline. Um, it was kind of an exploratory draft as you were yeah. writing. <laughs> Uh, how did then like revisions go for you? Was there a lot of big changes? Were you like, okay, now I've got all these pages. Now I need to like give them a plot (laughs) or like what, how was that process? Oh, that part kind of like, I don't know, broke me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. When I I was writing this, I was like, oh, it's fine. Okay. This is so fun. And like my editor kind of like, okay, you need to tell me where this place is. You need to tell me, you need to give me the bone structure of the story. It's like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And I've always like um, to, to describe this as um, putting, you know, the bones in a body that had already had its clothes on, like a body that was like full of, like with flesh but and clothes but had no bones in it and it was just really hard because you kind of like have to cram all the ribs and all the joints there um but it was also like eye-opening to me um because uh I think because when I was writing Marikit it was like oh it was just like a, a project a passion project a pro- uh the story that I kind of like love a story after my own heart but um publishing kind of like shapes this into a form that is more um that is kind of like different that has that make it stand up on its own that has its legs and arms that you could like present to people and and not look very mushy <laughs> and, and that's what we did it, it was really really hard we got through rounds of revisions and I was like I was like crying because I putting putting those structures in was like messing up with the whole story um Marika definitely isn't like this the first story that I submitted to them, but mm. I am so proud of the process and I'm just so happy that we got through it, that we went through it and it, it came out really, really well. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I think it's so interesting because um, I, I am a plotter. I always start with an outline, but of course mm-hmm. I've spoken to many, many writers who don't and, and <laughs> tend to do the more of the pantsing, you know, method. <laughs> Um, but I think it's so funny because I feel like ultimately we all have to do the same things. Like you all yes. have to <laughs> come up with a structure. It's just like, we're doing it in a different order. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so that makes me really curious. Cause before we started the recording, um, you had mentioned that you're doing NaNoWriMo National Novel Writing Month this November. <laughs> and so I'm really curious if your method from, Marikit and the revision process that broke you. <laughs> um, are you trying something new this time or are you like still like, nope, I'm going to pants it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it feels like I, this is like Marikit too. <laughs> I, I really couldn't plot. I think one of the reasons for that is me already knowing what's going to happen next is going to like, um, how do you extinguish <laughs> this, mm-hmm. this desire to kind of like pers- um, writing it? I, I, I just really can't know what's going to happen next. Um, so I, I would love to keep myself <laughs> in the dark when I was like writing because I wanted to like explore and pursue that, that, that ending that the story wants me to like tell. Um, in a way, I wanted, I wanted to believe that I, I'm listening to the story more than 
I'm listening to myself and what I wanted in the story because most of the time, even when I when I outline, um, <laughs> I, I don't really follow it. So I'm kind of like, okay, let's just pants it for now and just <laughs> experience the pain later. <laughs> yeah, no, that is fair. Um, I I hear so many writers talk about that, like the idea that they don't want to know what's going to happen um because they like the 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 discovery themselves like they they'll <laughs> lose interest in the story if they know what's coming up um which like and i i can kind of get that but it's funny that it's so different for me like that if i don't have an outline and like some concept of where the story is going it's just like so much anxiety i'm just like but what if it's not going anywhere oh, <laughs> that's the question <laughs> <laughs> you you asked that question too. I'm not alone in that. Yes, and, and the funny thing is, most of the time, my story isn't going anywhere. So I'm kind of like, I get you. I get the need for outlining. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I guess it's not so different then. <laughs> it's just like, which one do you do? You which one scares you more? Not knowing <laughs> or being bored? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, my last question before we move on to our bonus round, I would like to know what do you feel is one of the like biggest challenges that you have been faced with so far in your writing and how would you say that you've overcome it? I don't think I've overcome it yet. That's I, I, that is fair <laughs> too. You're not the first person to say that. <laughs> no, I really have very very little confidence so um I, I'm so scared of putting things out there. I, I'm really not that that type of writer who could just <laughs> easily share things. Um, but I am so glad that I'm surrounded by people who are going to support you and cheer you up and say, "Okay, you can do it. You can just show us the the, the bare bones of things, and then you know it's okay." Um, I'm just very, very much encouraged by this this small writing community that we have. Um, <laughs> And they're mostly Filipino writers and they kind of like um, constantly lift me up and keep me on my toes and just make me, um, you know, make me feel stronger despite this this lack of confidence that I have. Hmm. Um, even really right now, uh, writing, I, because I'm from the Philippines and I'm, I'm not in the U.S., it, 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 it's still... It's one of um, the things that I often, um, you know, fail at, I think. Um, just me trying to get the right words across because there's always not the language barrier, but the way we use the language is probably different from how the way others do it. And um, one thing that I'm also scared of, like, is like saying the wrong message across. <laughs> even though we're like trying to like uh oh, this is this is the way we speak so um I I guess it, it still is the, this this confidence of being out there mm -hmm. uh, being that introvert so <laughs> yeah. yeah no I I totally get that I'm really curious because you did obviously put yourself out there you you wrote oh, something you. and you sent it out into the <laughs> world like how how did you kind of I don't give yourself the courage to do that. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I just uh, wanted to just try. Yeah. Because to me, this thing um, felt like uh, a very, very impossible thing. But I really just wanted to try. 
um, when I sent my queries to the agents before for Medicaid, I was just like, mm, I, I know that they're going to get back to me, probably get back to me with with comments or just telling me that, oh, your story sounds good, and but it needs a little blah blah blah, you know. Um, but um, I wasn't really thinking that um, this story will actually become a book. So to me <laughs> right now, I, I still really feel like, wow, this is amazing. This, this is such a miracle to me. And um, I know that I have to do better because <laughs> the book is now out there and I have to speak about it and I have to like also represent this amazing group of people who have these amazing bright colors in them and 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 so much in them and I really just don't want to fail mm. I just really don't want to be a failure so, <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I think you can like officially say that you're not a failure like I feel like oh. we've jumped over that hurdle <laughs> I think I mean I think it's so interesting because I'm kind of I feel like I'm hearing you say that your lack of confidence is almost what gave you that courage that you were a little bit like well probably nothing will come yeah. of it so what does it hurt to exactly try? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like calling this book like a miracle because it, it was exactly that to someone who has literally nothing to like <laughs> answer for to who's literally nothing <laughs> yeah and, but and of having course, that book it was just like that <laughs> yes um, but of course a, a book does not just magically appear. Like there was a lot mm-hmm. of work and time and energy and heart that went into it. Oh. <laughs> You're like, you. I'm not gonna respond to that. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, okay, I'll stop putting you on the spot. Are you ready for our bonus <laughs> round? Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please stop making me say anything about myself. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Tea or coffee? Oh, coffee. It's definitely coffee because um, <laughs> I get like many cups of them in the morning. <laughs> they sustain us. <laughs> yes. No, I, I know the feeling. <laughs> music or silence? Um, music. Writing in the morning or writing at night? Um, in the morning. If you could visit any of the locations in the land of the Encantos, which would you choose and why? Oh, I'd love to visit the um, the Luntian forest and see the infinites and talk to them about the foundations of the earth and how long are we going to last? I hope we last for like, I don't know, enough time. If you could have any magical talent, what would you want it to be? Oh, I wish I could think my words and they come alive. <laughs> Wait, how do you even say it? I wish that I could just think of stories and they just write themselves. Mm, gosh, <laughs> so me I don't too. have to write them. <laughs> right? No, that is the dream. <laughs> Um, and not require any revisions. They would just yes. be like perfect Please. the first time. <laughs> uh, can you describe a typical writing day? Um, it's just me sitting in my corner with all the windows open and watching also my cats kind of like glide from one tree to another while I'm listening to some instrumental music. How do you fill the creative well? 
oh my gosh um i read books <laughs> i read different books and sometimes i go back to the books that i once loved and then get my cadence and my rhythm kind of like triggered so that the words start rolling inside my head oh i love that <laughs> uh on that note what book makes you happy mm-hmm. i loved um this story from erin and Mara kelly uh it is hello universe it is it, it, it is just this um it is a story about this young boy this young phil american boy who was going through many many things and ha- um lacks courage and then he gained so much support from the people around them and i just really really love how diverse it was and how he finally earned uh got this this much needed courage at the end and i hope i, I get that too <laughs> i love that erin was a guest on this podcast oh like, she's maybe, amazing when was that it was a while ago um but <laughs> she was lovely mm-hmm. Um, what are you working on next? Uh, I am trying to write a story about a young girl who is going to um, have a summer job at a library made for lores. Ooh. <laughs> I hope I pull this up. <laughs> I'm kind of like, you don't see what I'm kind of like crossing my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel when I'm at the start of writing any book here. Can I pull this one off? I guess we'll find uh, no. out. Um, lastly, where can people find you? Um, I am in the Philippines in this small, um, very, very historical <laughs> province. <laughs> and um, I'm also on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook um, at Karis Evan Cruz. So if people kind of like just got lost with a person, um, stop a person squealing, but again, the ocean of stars, it's probably me <laughs> on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> awesome. Karis, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Marissa. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Readers, be sure to check out Medicaid and the Ocean of Stars. It is available now. Of course, we encourage you to support your local indie bookstore, but if you don't have a local indie, you can check out our affiliate store. That is at bookshop.org slash shop slash Marissa Meyer. And don't forget to order your Happy Writer podcast merchandise on Redbubble. Uh, And of course, I hope that you will also check out Cursed coming out tomorrow. Um, Speaking of, next week will be a special bonus episode in which you get to interview me. We have been collecting questions on Instagram and I will be responding to them and talking about books and writing and publishing and of course, Gilded and Cursed. If you're enjoying these conversations, please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Marissa Meyer Author and at Happy Writer Podcast. Until next time, stay healthy, stay cozy, And whatever life throws at you today, I do hope that now you're feeling a little bit happier.